Lord, that's our heart this morning. We want to see your heart. We want to see what you're doing. Lord, we want to hear what you're saying. So I pray, Lord, your voice will go out in this place this morning. Father, that you would call your people. God, that you would do something new amongst us. Send forth your word. That word that spoke creation into being. That word that commanded life to come out of the grave. That word that lives within us through your spirit. God, would you speak this morning? And Lord, as you speak, we want to surrender. We want to follow. We want to see your heart in a billion different ways. Be present amongst us, Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How are you this morning, church? You're amazing. That's almost good as home. I'm not supposed to say, I'm not allowed to say it's better, am I? Oh, careful of the speaker. My home church is Hillsong. I love that song. How are you this morning? Why don't you take your seats? It's wonderful to be here this morning at City Church Blue Mountains. Do you know, I know your predecessors um, from Ben and Amy, Marilyn and Kevin, used to work with Marilyn with a beautiful Scottish accent um, at Hillsong College. But how wonderful to be here now that Ben and Amy have come and taking on your church from strength to strength, yeah? Aren't they doing an amazing job? What a great honour it is to be amongst you this morning. And what an impact you're having in your community, just hearing about those parcels and about the carols event that you've got coming up. What a blessing. I particularly like the mountains. I actually think God lives in the mountains. Much, he's much closer. What do you think? I've done a little bit of hiking around the mountains myself, and I love it up here. So it's a great honor to be here. I was 21 years old. I had been in church all of my life. I had heard 10,000 sermons. In the, a very um, in-depth, exegetical type of sermon. I read the Bible from cover to cover in the King James Version, if you don't mind. I'd heard a lot about God. But I never really knew him personally. And the reason for that is because I'd never heard him speak. So I knew God in the same way that you might know the Duchess of Cambridge, through the pages of a magazine. I knew a lot about him. I could quote all sorts of verses. But then I met her friend, and her name was Jill. And Jill used to talk about God as if he was her next-door neighbour. God said this, God said that. Wow. Like, God spoke to you? What did he say? Like, that's incredible. Like, imagine if... You can hear God speak. Are you kidding? Like the God who knows everything. The God who knows all of my past. He knows what I'm thinking right now. What am I having for lunch? No. He knows all the possibilities of my future. He could speak to me. I wonder what he'd say. So I began to pray. I began to ask God. I said, God... Could you speak to me? Now, I've read all about you in the Bible, and I've seen that you spoke to a lot of people in the Bible, but I've never heard what you, what you sound like. What do you, what do you sound like anyway? 
Would you speak to me? And if you do, could you make it really clear? I mean, really clear. I don't want any of that fuzzy stuff. You know, that fuzzy wuzzy, I think. No, no, no. I want it to, I want it to be clear. And if you make it clear, I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> but only if you make it clear. Well, he did speak to me. And he did make it clear I had to do what he said. And the result of that was that at 26 years of age, he called me into ministry, which is something I wasn't planning on doing. And he called me to plant a church. He called me to minister in a couple of Bible colleges. 15 years ago, he called me to Hillsong College up here in Sydney. I come from Melbourne originally. And then 10 years ago, he called me to take everything that I had learnt about hearing his voice and pass it on to other people. And so my ministry, God Conversations, was born. So that's what I do today. I teach people how to hear God's voice. What what kind of job description is that? (laughs) But I find that wherever I go, wherever I travel in the world, we're all asking the same questions. I really want to hear God's voice. I mean, who wouldn't? But what does he sound like? How would I know if it was him? You know, we read those stories in the Bible. Classic. It's found in Matthew. There's a story and it says something like this, that God spoke to Joseph in a dream. And he said, I want you to take you and Mary. I want you to take the baby to Egypt. Because Herod is out to kill Jesus. You heard that story? So... The scriptures say he got up in the middle of the night and he took the family off to Egypt. Just like that. Just like that? (laughs) Would it be that easy? Can you imagine? I often imagine what really happened. You know, Mary, quick, wake up. What, 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 Joseph? We've got to leave. We've got to go. We've got to leave for Egypt. What do you mean we've got to go to Egypt? God spoke to me. He said, Herod, the king is out to get the baby Jesus. He spoke to me just now in a dream. Joseph. Honey, it's okay. King Herod doesn't know anything about us. It's fine. We're safe here in Bethlehem. It was, I know those lentils I made for you last night. They're just a little bit spicy. And, you know, the, the stench of the manger, it's getting to be a bit much for you, honey, but don't worry. It was only a dream. Go back to sleep. Is that what happened? Somehow, Joseph knew that the voice he was hearing was from God. Somehow he knew, and he knew it enough to follow it. That's what God's promise is for us. See, Jesus said, my people recognize my voice. I know them and they follow. This is the promise that God has for each one of us. This is the message that God is speaking to each one of us. And I want to speak to you this morning about God, the God conversations of Christmas. Is that okay? I'm going to teach you a little bit about what really happened at Christmas time behind the scenes and what God was doing. But before I do that, I want to solve one of your problems, first of all, because it's December And I know that Christmas shopping is no fun. So I'm going to give away a book 
to someone here. Actually, this is for you. This is not to hand on. But we actually have some special discounts. My wonderful assistant, Jenny. This is Jenny over here. Her name's Super Jenny. She has an S behind her shirt, and which, can't, you know, she does the great reveal. She hates me when I do this. Don't, it's okay, Super Jenny. She doesn't have red underwear, though, I don't think. Oh, that was a bit loud. Anyway, um, this book's called God Conversations Surprise, so original, huh? Um, but it's all about what happens behind the scenes. You see, the problem with the scriptures, not that there's a problem with the scriptures, but the problem with the scriptures is that you don't get the, the behind-the-scenes story. What's really going on when God speaks? And how do they know it's God? Because this is the question I had, and I found out as I went on my journey, the amazing thing was that God is committed to speaking and making it clear. He is able to make his voice clear. The thing that stops us hearing him clearly is us. And so if we can remove those filters, you're going to see how he knows how to get his message across. My people recognize my voice. I know them. He knows how to get his message across for those who are listening. So the book tells the story of what really happens behind the scenes and it's gonna, I'm going to give it to the person who looks really excited this morning. <laughs> That's this lady here. Look, a little bit of energy there in the front. So love it. Awesome. What was your name? Roberta. Roberta. Love that. I love your enthusiasm, Roberta. And Super Jenny has some discounts, like two for one or something. Maybe not that good. Maybe? Close? Two for one, three for two, something like that. Um, but I want to talk to you about the God conversations of Christmas. Do you know that we'd have no Christmas without five God conversations that take place behind the scenes at Christmas time? The story of Christmas actually begins with a conversation. It begins when God spoke. God spoke to a young teenage girl in the privacy of her home and he came to her and he said, Mary, you're going to give birth to a child. It's going to happen supernaturally and this child that is born to you is going to be called great. He's going to be called the son of the most high and his kingdom is going to last forever. God spoke and Mary listened. When God speaks... His words are designed to create. Did you know that? See, when we speak, we, we speak all the time. We speak 10,000 words a day, and most of them aren't worth listening to. We, we speak and we slander and we gossip, we exaggerate, we lie. But when God speaks, his words are sent to achieve a purpose, and that of creativeness, that of power, that of miracles. He has a plan in mind and he wants to execute it. And the way he does that is he looks for someone across the earth. He looks for someone who's listening. He looks for someone who's ready to receive and he speaks. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says that God does nothing without first speaking it. He speaks. And then what do we see in this story? Mary hears from God. She listens. And not only listens. She, see, listening is different to hearing. You can hear someone, but listening is attending. Listening is receiving. 
She hears God's word. She receives it. And she says, be it unto me according to what you've said. See, that's how it starts. God speaks and he executes his plan when someone listens. Many years ago, I was sitting in a prayer meeting at my church in Melbourne. We were just halfway through the prayer meeting. And as I was sitting there, these three words came into my mind. I knew, I thought at first it was God. And the reason why I did is because I had no idea what the words meant. The words were, till the soil. What does that mean? Till the soil. It sounds like a farming term, something to do with agriculture. Tilling. What, what, what's, what does that mean? Do, do I look like a farm girl? What soil should I be tilling? And I thought maybe there's something on it in the Bible. So I started flicking through the Bible to find something. I couldn't find anything. And I, I thought about it for a few minutes and then I thought, oh, it must have been my, my crazy imagination. So I forgot about it and the prayer meeting continued. At the end of the prayer meeting, we're having tea and coffee and one of the, my friends came up to me and said, Tanya, something odd happened to me during the prayer meeting. As we were praying, I had a picture of you, a vision of you. I saw you standing on the edge of a new field that hadn't been tilled yet. <laughs> what did you just say? What does that mean? And because Noel knew a whole lot more about farming than I did, he explained that tilling was something the farmers do to prepare the ground for planting. They remove the rocks and the thorns and all the rubbish that's in the soil to get it ready for planting. It was a new field, he said. Afterwards, I spoke to my pastor and we realised that God was calling me to prepare to plant a new church. See, that's how it begins. God speaks to us. He speaks a word of life. It's sent forth and it's sent to achieve a purpose. And he's looking for people who will listen. It's a word that's powerful. It's a word that's creative. It's a word that needs to be received in our hearts. And it needs to be planted ready to bring it to fruition. God spoke. Mary listened. There were some more God conversations as well. This next series of God conversations took place with Mary's partner, Joseph. And what you're going to see is that God is watching over his word to see it fulfilled. God spoke to Joseph at first because Joseph's plan was to split from Mary. She was pregnant and this was a shameful thing. And he, in, in his custom, it was not right for him to stay with her. So he was about to split. And then God speaks. He says, Joseph, I want you to marry Mary because what is in her is conceived by me. And then as time goes on, the child's born and they're in Bethlehem and, 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 and Jesus is there and God speaks to Joseph again. He says, Joseph, I want you to go to Egypt because King Herod is out to get the baby Jesus. So they go to Egypt. And some years later, God speaks again. And he says, Joseph, you can go back to Israel now. It's safe. And even as he goes back to Israel, King Archelaus is on the throne. And there's still some danger. So God speaks again and says, go to Nazareth. Can you see what's happening there? See, the God who speaks 
is the God who's watching over his words to see them fulfilled. It, it says this in Jeremiah, God watches. See, sometimes when God speaks, the enemy comes and starts to attack what God's doing. We live in a world where, where Satan is called the, the ruler of the prince of this air. And just because God speaks doesn't mean there's not difficulty in our lives. doesn't mean that circumstances don't go awry. But what does God do in the midst of it? He's watching over that word and he can see it. It's under attack. It's under attack by, by the fact that Joseph's going to split up from Mary. It's under attack because King Herod wants to kill the baby. It's under attack by King Archelaus. And what is he doing? He, he's tracking it. He's got it. He's looking and he's watching. He's going, okay, we need to protect the promise. Why? Because I spoke. And when I speak, I send forth my word. And let me tell you, it will not return empty. It will achieve the purpose for which it is sent. But watch what happens as God watches over that word. You see, Mary and Joseph couldn't just sit there. Mary and Joseph needed to do what God said. See, God watches over his word to perform it, but he, he wants us to follow it. He wants us to do what he says. And, and sometimes we want to have a God conversation. We go, oh, this would be awesome. Imagine what it's like to hear from the creator of the universe. But guess what? Because hearing his word means that we're going to need to change. We're going to need to grow. We're going to need to expand what we had in mind. We're going to need to cooperate with what he said. And it wasn't easy for Joseph to marry Mary. No, it was a scandal of the village. He had to go against the crowd and everything they said. It wasn't easy to leave for Egypt. Not when they were settled. It's a newborn baby. Get on the donkey again. I don't want to go to a foreign country. It's not easy to go out of your way. But when we hear from God, it means now we need to cooperate with his plan. See, we're singing this song, when you speak, I'll surrender. And hearing from God involves surrender. But when we start to cooperate with God, we're going to see as God watches over to perform it. See, when the enemy gets in, he's going to see it fulfilled. A year passed. I'd been preparing to get ready to plant a church and then God spoke again. He spoke to me in a dream. And he said, Tanya, this is it. Today is the day. You're going to see your church planning opportunity start to manifest itself. Like, wow, what's going to happen today? I went to the church office where I was volunteering. I opened up my letterbox there and there's nothing there. I went to my, my computer in the inbox and I opened that up and there's nothing, nothing there. Then at morning tea, my senior pastor came up to talk to me. She said, Tanya, I've got an opportunity for you. She began to tell me about a church that had been through a really hard time. In fact, it was so bad that it was looking at closing down. She said, Tanya, what I want you to do is I want you to go in for three months and I want you to go on a bit of a reconnaissance. And at the end of the three months, I want you to give a report back about what we should do with this church, whether we should close it or restart it as a new one. Would you be interested in doing that? Okay, she said, you start next week. And then she started to walk off. And as she walked off, she suddenly turned around and came back. And she said, oh, look, by the way, 
I know that God's calling you to plant a church, but this is not it. She said, this situation, it's so bad that I wouldn't give it to my worst enemy. Okay. She probably just got out of the wrong side of the bed that morning. God clearly hadn't been speaking to her. Can't be that bad. This is, this is my promise. This is, this is what God said. He wouldn't give me something really bad, would he? I went that Sunday. Church met in this dilapidated old building in the red light district of Melbourne where drunks dropped in halfway through the service. I walked into the darkened, smelly, musty room and I noticed it was used as a local art gallery. Nice idea, but there were tortured, bleeding faces all along the wall of the room. In the corner was this big pile of musty beanbags and underneath were unmentionables that I can't talk about in church. We had a few people there. Most of them had left. I counted them. One, two, three, five people. Awesome. Wasn't exactly your dream team. One of them was the cause of our first leadership meeting. What are we going to do with his body odour? It stinks every time you enter the room. But at least there's some equipment, isn't there? There was a whole room for it, I'd been told, so I went to check it out. And I looked at the pile of equipment, I thought, wow, look at that. I can see screens and computers and office equipment and photocopier even. Then I started to plug them in. Photocopier was broken. The desk chair had three legs. We had a spotlight. That worked. But we didn't have anyone to shine it on. The church was $5,000 in debt. I was all on my own. I was a single person. I'd never planted a church before. My faith lasted for about six weeks. By the eighth week... I figured God probably hadn't spoken to me after all. <laughs> By the 10th week, I didn't want to go to church, which is a problem when you're a pastor. <laughs> By week 12, I'd made up my mind, how am I going to get out of this? I know. I'll go back to Melinda. She's the one who said she wouldn't give it to her worst enemy, right? <laughs> She said, how is it? Three months have passed. What's your report, Tanya? I said, well, it's a pretty bad situation. Just like you said. Just no money, no, no people. Everybody says it's like really dangerous in St Kilda. You know, I'm all on my own and people call for pastoral visits at 2am in the morning, but I don't think that's what they're looking for. I said, I think that the best thing to do the wisest thing, like from a leadership perspective. I think we should just close it down and help those few people find another church. Oh. She said, have you prayed about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've prayed about it. Well, maybe you should pray some more. Why? 
Because the Lord spoke to me this morning, she said. And what did he say? (laughs) That you were called to start a new church right there. What was God doing? He was watching over his word to see it performed. You see, the scriptures say that God is not a man that he should lie. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? See, God speaks and his words are designed to overcome circumstances. His words are designed to bring miracles into our situations. And he watches and he tracks and he looks so that his word can be fulfilled. But he's looking for people who will believe him, who will follow in spite of the circumstances, that will trust him enough to say, God, I know you're faithful. I know your words are true. I know that they're worthy of my life. So I'm going to trust you. We see that in the lives of Mary and Joseph, people who trusted in God's word and followed And then what do we see? We see the word of the Lord performed. We see the promise coming to pass. And I want you to notice something else because there was another God conversation that took place at Christmas time. This time it was with a group of sojourners from the east. Wise men they're often called in the Christmas story. See, they'd followed the star and they'd come to see this new king, this king of the Jews. But I want you to know that they weren't Jews themselves. They weren't Jews themselves. They, they didn't even know the God of Israel. And God speaks to them. They come and they see the baby Jesus and God speaks to them again and he protects them and he says, when you go back home, don't go back via this route because Herod is after get you. God is speaking not just to his people who are involved in the promise, but everyone around. You see, God performs his promise, but he wants to involve everyone. When he does and performs his promise in your life, other people are going to see it too. And guess what? They're going to be led to worship. They're going to be led to know him, people who don't know God because they've seen the miracle of God in your life and what the walk of faith produces, they're going to be drawn to worship him. See, the Christmas story didn't end in the first century. Generation after generation looks back. They look back on that promise that had been made way back in the history of Israel and they see it performed in that little inn, in that little room, Bethlehem. And they come and they worship this child who would be king. When we hear from God, when we believe his word, when we do what he says, we're going to see it performed. And when that happens, others will come and worship too. I remember those early days following God's word. There was no other reason For me to be in this situation. But because God had spoken. And that was enough. Because when we received that word. And we began to build with those wonderful five people. My motley team. (laughs) We began to see miracles. We began to see provision. God began to speak to other people. He brought them together. Miracles began to happen. People's lives began to get changed. Because of what God had said. Others came to worship 
him too. You see, the God of heaven hasn't changed. The God who spoke to Mary, the God who spoke to Joseph, the God who spoke to the wise men from the east, he wants to speak to you as well. And all he's asking you to do is to listen and trust what he says. God may have spoken to you maybe many years ago. And you need to know this morning that he's tracking his word. He's looking out across the earth and he's watching. He's watching to see it performed. And no Herod, no Archelaus, no marriage custom, nothing can get in the way of performing his miracle. But all he's asking from you is to believe, to trust, to keep cooperating with his plan. He's got a way. He's going to find a way through. Nothing's going to stop him. No bank account. No hearsay. No bad situation. No oppression from a king. Nothing's going to stop him because he's got a plan. And his promise is true. And he's faithful. Are we listening this morning? Are we listening? What is God saying to you this Christmas? See, I believe that God wants to plant something in your hearts. He wants to do something new in your life. And it all begins with a word. He doesn't do anything without first speaking. It all begins with him speaking something into your heart. He has something for you to do. Mary was a nobody. She was a, a teenager, unmarried woman from a backwater village. She wasn't even from the main capital city of the area, but she was one who was a worshipper. You see it in her song afterwards. She loved God. She was one who was listening. And in the quietness of her room, she was prepared to follow. She was prepared to go out of her way, to have her life changed around, to have her plans messed up for the sake of God. So that's what he's asking you today. Sometimes it's hard. I agree. <laughs> I cried a lot those first few months. It wasn't easy. Everything was against me, but I knew that God had spoken and I knew that he was faithful and I knew that I was going to see a miracle. Why don't you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. And just as the team come back and perhaps just give us some background music, that would be lovely. I'm going to pray a prayer. And we're just going to spend some time waiting in the presence of God. And I want to encourage you to have the heart of Mary. Nothing qualifies you for this except our hearts. If there's anything I've discovered in my journey, is that God is no favorite. He has no favorites. He has no other qualification, whether he speaks to one or another. He wants to speak to everyone. See, the Spirit was given to sons and daughters, young and old. Acts chapter 2 tells us. Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send you my Spirit. And it's going to be better than having me right here. Because my Spirit's going to speak to you. You're going to have visions and dreams just like the Old Testament prophets had. And then you're going to be able to prophesy. You're going to be able to speak those out. You're going to be able to hear my voice and you're going to be able to follow it but it starts with hearing it 
starts with a, a posture that I had at 21. God, would you speak to me? Could you make it really clear? And God, if you speak, I'll do whatever you say. Ooh, it's a bit scary. He might ask you to do something you've never thought of before. He may ask you to change your plans. But it's because he wants to do a miracle. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to speak this morning to your people. Lord, as we lay our lives before you in surrender, to have the heart of Mary, who's willing to follow. Holy Spirit, will you plant new dreams? new plans. Will you start something new today? Speak to us, Lord. We don't, however you want to, whether it's a, a dream or a vision or the voice of the Spirit in our heads, God, you speak to us individually. Would you make it clear? And Lord, we want to follow you. At your heart this morning. If it is, why don't you just repeat that quietly to him this morning? Thank you, Lord. I believe new new ideas, new plans being conceived in this house. I pray, Lord, for the heart of Mary, for each one of us. Humble beginnings started with a word, conversation in a room. Change the world. Change the world. Oh, God, would you raise us up as Mary's in your kingdom that we may make a difference in this world. God, we've yet to see all that you've planned. We've yet to see it, God, but we're willing. Lord, expand our hearts. Expand our capacities, God. We want to see you in a billion different ways, God. We want to see miracles in this house. God, would you take us, use us, Father. Watch over your word to perform it in this place. In and through us, we pray, sons and daughters, young and old, In this church, in this congregation, in this community, we pray. Use us, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. All God's people said, amen, amen. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening this morning. It's been such an honour to be with you. As the service closes, I'm going to hand back to the Reverend Pastor, most honourable, gracious Benjamin Sattler. And as we close, I want to also invite the opportunity if you would like to receive prayer this morning. And what, what I'd like to pray for is those people who are in that interim stage. You may have heard from God and circumstances have come in. It looks like the enemy has snatched that word from you. And I want to pray that God will renew that 
so that you can understand that he's watching this morning. He's going to be able to overcome circumstances. And we're going to see that miracle come to pass. How does that sound? So if that's you, after the service closes, I'm going to be up the front here and there's probably a prayer team as well that can help me. But if you'd like to receive prayer this morning to believe God this Christmas, he's faithful to bring everything he said to pass. Amen.